It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. For the love of Pete, it's something you might say when your car gets damaged, but that won't get you the help you need for your vehicle. As someone named Jake, what you should be saying is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For help filing your claim 24-7, whether it's on the phone, online, or on the award-winning State Farm mobile app, however you choose. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is April 28th, 2020. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll catch up on some what looks like some good news. Uh, coming out of the NBA as the NBA is starting to uh, starting to churn a little bit and, and rev their engine back up as as it appears we're coming to the to the uh, at least the flattening of the curve here around the country with the coronavirus and, and the nation begins to uh, reopen itself. We'll talk about the implications of the NBA's latest decision. Plus, Aaron Gordon releases a diss track, and we turn our fo- focus back to the court to figure out how Aaron Gordon can coexist with Jonathan Isaac. So we'll talk a little bit about Aaron Gordon coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. My search and gravity download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here coming to Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's podcasts covering everything in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on, say, the Chicago Bulls and and how, you know, and 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 how they're reacting to the uh, a, to a new general manager, and B, to the last dance, check out Locked On Bulls. Want the Detroit Pistons perspective on the last dance? Check out Locked On Pistons. We'll have some thoughts on the last uh, on the last dance here on Locked On Magic. When the Magic enter the fray, I'm expecting that to be uh, on episode 7. Uh, so it's still one more week to go before we, I think, Magic enter the fray. But we'll, we'll talk about the Bulls coming up here in, uh, in, in a little bit. Uh, of course, on Fox Sports Florida on Tuesday. Most important game uh, in Magic history. The, uh, one of the most important games in Magic history, at least. The Orlando Magic taking on the Chicago Bulls in Game 1 of the 1995 NBA playoffs. That game will re-air at 8 o'clock on Tuesday. I will be watching that game live on Twitter, at least. Uh, so you can follow me, follow me along there at Daily. So lots of historical uh, games to get into, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, if you want the Bulls' perspective on things, check out Locked On Bulls or any of the great teams in the Locked On Podcast Network. If you want an NFL draft recap, in fact, you can go check out all our great NFL podcasters for Locked On and the team you're looking for. 
Whether it's the NBA, NFL, MLB, college, or NHL2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search wherever you download podcasts for a Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. The NBA kind of leaked some good news over the weekend. Um, at least it felt like good news. It felt like some movement, and, and maybe it was a little bit of kind of urgency on the NBA's part to kind of protect themselves and protect their players a little bit. But the NBA is beginning to churn once again after almost a month of just being absolutely quiet, of you know players kind of being forced on their own to, to be in, in quarantine, to work out on their own without access to the NBA training facilities. The NBA does appear... Like, it is starting to kind of slowly grind the gears and and get working again. The NBA announcing publicly, officially on Monday that team training facilities will open no sooner than May 8th, next Friday, uh, depending on local guidelines. Um, As uh, as I think is the case uh, for most of the country, Stay-at-home orders are are scheduled to begin running out on Friday, May 1st. In Florida, at least, uh, Governor DeSantis' stay-home order or safer-at-home order is set to expire Thursday night. And it does look like with, with, you know, Florida has really done a really good job um, at at the end of the day. Um, I I think certainly there was a lot of fear of of what the expectations would be. And certainly, you know, I won't speak so much to South Florida. There's, There's still a lot of work to do in South Florida to to flatten the curve and, and straighten the curve and, and kind of defeat the defeat the coronavirus. And we're not out of the woods yet, but at least here in Central Florida, it, it does feel like we've done a very good job of practicing our social distancing, uh, you know, making sure the hospitals aren't overwhelmed, testing, you know, having a, a fairly robust testing regimen um, for those that do feel sick. Uh, and, and we've done a really good job kind of slowing the growth of the coronavirus. Um, we're certainly, we're not at the end of the rope yet. I think there's still a lot of work to do, but we're certainly at a position where I think it is fair, at least in my feeling, you know, who knows, I'm not a medical expert either, um, but, but it does feel like we are at a position where it is fair to begin discussing reopening some businesses and beginning kind of phase one of uh, this from, from what the White House has given, phase one of the reopening process. And, and part of phase one of the reopening process, uh, at least from the guidelines sent down by the White House, does include reopening gyms. That only happens, though, if, you know, the gyms are only allowed to reopen under phase one if there are strict cleaning and sanitation protocols and social distancing is maintained. Uh, as you know, Governor DeSantis, I think, did say something very important over the weekend. Um, if you are following the news, I, I I work at a news station and my day job, so I I am I, I am watching a lot of this stuff. Um, Governor DeSantis did say something very interesting that you know phase one of reopening probably isn't going to affect you know citizens' day to day lives that much. It isn't going to be that different. But certainly. For an NBA player, having access to a gym again is a very, very good thing. Um, and, and, and I think some of what the NBA is doing here and setting guidelines down and saying that, yes, you know, we will be able to open gyms is something to kind of head off at the pass, the possibility of players going to gyms on their own. Um, it, it's certainly with Georgia uh, opening itself up sooner than a lot of the rest of the country, and, and certainly Governor Kemp in Georgia is 
taken some criticism for uh, how quickly and, and how how much he has reopened the country or reopened the state, um, it, you know, in Georgia. But it, it seemed like a lot of what spurred the NBA to make these guidelines and, and kind of set up this movement is sort of a little bit of a fear that players will flock to Georgia and go to kind of public gyms. And again, no offense to you or I or, or anyone that goes to these public gyms or or the cleaning standards that, that they face, but I think the NBA does want to be kind of cocoon their players a little bit in environments that they can control. And so, by again, setting a May 8th date, I think, is partially to prepare the gyms and prepare themselves for the process that they'll have to go through to get the, these things open, make sure that all the all governments and state and local regulations are kind of in line with, with where, where things are at. But essentially, I, I think that, that what the NBA is trying to do here is make sure that players are staying in a place that they can control, which is their gyms, in an environment that they can control, that they know is safe, that they know is sanitary, so that when they do eventually ramp up toward games, that there won't be a recurrence of the virus, or, or that they're, they're just trying to minimize the chances of a recurrence of the virus. It is important to note, and, and Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN noted this when he first broke the news that that the NBA was considering reopening training facilities, um, possibly as early as May 1st over the weekend. That's obviously been changed now to May 8th. Um, that this does not mean the NBA is any closer to figuring out how it's going to finish its schedule or playing games in general. Granted, this is a positive step. You know, I, we won't we wouldn't be able to get to games without this step. But it does not necessarily mean the NBA has come to some arrangement or some plan to finish the season. I think the NBA is, you know, I think the NBA has probably explored a lot of different ideas, but they're going to take things step by step. And the first step is reopening training facilities. It is important to note that that you know social distancing will still be very much a big piece of this puzzle. And social distancing is still going to be a, a humongous part of players interacting and going to uh, going to the the training facility uh, under the guidelines that the NBA set and announced publicly. There will be no more than four players in the building at a time. So again, they're still going to try and limit contact between players and you know make sure that if there's any type of uh, outbreak. Outbreak within the NBA, again, it is contained um, very, very quickly. Uh, there will be no group workouts. Um, in fact, coaches and assistant coaches, head coaches and assistant coaches, will still be barred, uh, in the early going at least, from working with players. It's literally just going to be opening the gyms for skills work and weight training. And again, I'm sure the NBA is going to have its own separate safety and cleaning protocols for teams to implement for those that do open up, um, you know, fairly soon. You know, I think it, it's pretty impossible at this point to envision San Francisco for the Golden State Warriors reopening uh, by May 8th. California's been pretty strict about, fairly strict about their, um, about their stay-home orders. So I, I, it, it does feel like, so not every jurisdiction, certainly New York as well, um, not every jurisdiction is going to be going to have the possibility of opening on May 8th um, if, you know, again, it, it, the NBA is going to follow state and local regulations in each market. But uh, again, it's a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. 
Um, I, I think that's that's really the only way to describe it. You know, in the NBA, I think they, they don't they do everything very intentionally. Um, I, I don't think that the NBA takes steps without really thinking about it um, and really making sure that everything is is plotted out and mapped out. Um, this this is not a kind of reactionary league. Um, you know, they're usually very very prepared, and you know, I think that they're you know, I think they probably listen to their players and 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 from everything that I understand from from players is they are really antsy to get back into the gym and back onto the court um and, and you know I think the NBA recognized that and now with some states beginning to open them open themselves back up the NBA is making sure that they have an outlet for the players um and so again this doesn't mean we're close to the season resuming it doesn't mean we're close to basketball returning it doesn't mean we're close to the playoffs but this is a necessary first step to get to that point. Um, you can't play basketball if you're not allowed in the gym. And the good news is players will now be allowed back in the gym. Again, I don't think this is part of the two-week kind of individual workout phase of the, of the NBA returning. Um, so we're still more than a month away from, probably more than a month away, from basketball returning. Uh, from from the NBA season picking up, um, but certainly there is pl- there's good enough news around the country. Certainly, I feel like there's good news here in Central Florida. Uh, there's good enough news around the country to take this important first step. So again, we're not near the end of the tunnel. We're still a long way away from that, but it does seem like there is light near the end. We can start seeing that glimmer of light, and of course. That is always the most, the first and most important step. So, obviously, we're all still stuck inside. We don't have access to a great gym, and, and NBA players certainly don't for a little while anyway. Life is still a bit abnormal, but... You know, we don't all just want to be cooped up inside, you know, even though we have to be. We don't, we, we need to spice up our life a little bit. And, you know, one thing that I, I do like to do when I'm a little stir crazy, you know, when, when I'm a little tired of my own cooking or, or whatever else I have, I order out. And the best place to order out is with Postmates. No matter what kind of food you're interested in, Postmates is able to deliver all your favorite local restaurants directly to your door. Postmates doesn't just deliver burgers and sushi, though. They actually make my life easier with grocery delivery and whatever I can think of delivery to, from convenience stores, clothing stores, you name it. So no more trips to the store. You know, you don't want to go outside too much anyway. No more late-night fast food runs. There's still a curfew anyway. I don't even have to worry about where to grab lunch anymore. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 off of free delivery. Uh, it's giving $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app and use code LOCKEDONNBA. That's code LOCKEDONNBA for our $100 of free delivery credit with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. Anything you need, anytime you need it, Postmate it. <laughs> Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? 
I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Over the weekend, uh, Aaron Gordon made some headlines. He snuck a, snuck a little headline in there uh, in between the, the, the Michael Jordan documentary. Again, daily, you know, reminder today, of course, Tuesday. I, I feel like I'll, I'll get this out of the way. Tuesday, if you have not ever seen the most important moment in Magic history, one of the most important moments in Magic history, Game 1 of the 1995 Eastern Conference semifinals between the Orlando Magic and Chicago Bulls will air on Fox Sports Florida Tuesday at 8 p.m. I will be watching the game and live-tweeting it. Uh, I've done that before, actually. Um, so if you, if you have any questions about the game, uh, definitely drop me a line at Daily. I am I'm still... Don't hold me to it. I'm still debating whether to do a Facebook Facebook Live or, or some type of watch along with it. Um, uh, you know, just it, it kind of stuck up on me a little bit, so I, I didn't have much time to plan it. But I will be watching the game live at the very, very least. Game one of the 1995 Eastern Conference playoffs against the Chicago Bulls, 8 o'clock on Tuesday. Game three of that series will air on Thursday. Another big magic win. And then games... Four, uh, games five and six, the two clinching wins. I've, I've actually watched game six again as a fantastic game. Will air Saturday night in a doubleheader. So you'll get to watch all four games of the Magic's win over the Chicago Bulls in the 1995 NBA playoffs this week on Fox Sports Florida. Um, it is, you know, I, I do have plans. Uh, I've talked to some other Magic bloggers. We we may do a sort of recap of that series once it's all completed on Saturday night. Um, but it, it, you know, obviously, really, 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 really excited to see these classic games airing again. I have watched Game One before. I, I, I live tweeted it and and watched it again on uh, a few years ago. Um, I've watched Game Six again. Um, again, fantastic game. Orlando, I think, goes on like a 12-0 run to end that game and win and clinch the series in Chicago. The last time Michael Jordan ever lost a playoff series. Um, it, it is. It, it's a, It's going to be a lot of fun watching those games. It was a very big, very great battle. You know, the Magic at their absolute best in 1995, facing uh, Michael Jordan, who was you know, still getting himself into basketball shape. Um, shape, but obviously, uh, uh, kind of the seeds for what would become the Bulls' second three-peat uh, starting in 1996. Uh, so, Fox Sports Florida on Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday, the four wins over the Chicago Bulls in the 1995 NBA playoffs. If you are a Magic fan, if you're a young Magic fan, if you're an old Magic fan, it's going to be great to revisit this series. I highly suggest you watch it. We will be watching it all along with you as well. Um, again, just follow me on Twitter at omagicdaily for complete uh, complete analysis. If you have any questions or anything, interact with me on that part of the show. But back to current events. Uh, it, you know, Sneaking in under the wire uh, with the last dance kind of consuming the NBA world on Sunday... Aaron Gordon released a diss track. I am not one to understand or know rap particularly well. Um, it is I, I I appreciate rap. I do like rap. Um, it is not my first choice of music. It is you know that there's there's it's it's not me. You know I, I think I think y'all 
probably listened to enough of me here to, to know that, you know, there's, there are some things that I just don't care about. You know, I honestly didn't really even want to talk about this thing, um, except that everyone was talking about it. And, and again, I had some people ask me, what did I think of Aaron Gorn's diss track? And, and my first thought was, you know, like, I don't know the first thing about rap. You know, I personally, you know, again, you can probably tell from how I talk about players and talk about things. And yeah, yes, I'm, I've made nine out of 10 jokes about Dwayne Wade. And, you know, I have kind of a dry, sarcastic sense of humor about it. I don't hold it against anyone. It's a dunk contest. I don't care. We all know Aaron Gordon was incredible. You know, I, I think we all agree he was the people's champ two times in a row. He probably should have won two dunk contests. The NBA did him rotten by not just declaring it a tie and forcing both him and Zach Levine and Derek Jones Jr. come up with two dunks on the spot. And, you know, Gordon did everything the NBA asked him to do to win that thing. And, you know, again, whatever. It, it, yes, I am annoyed that Aaron Gordon didn't win because Aaron deserved it. Um, not that Derek Jones Jr. didn't deserve it. Derek Jones Jr. was also fantastic. Um, but being around Aaron enough, uh, he deserved it. Uh, I, I feel bad for him personally. Um, I am personally just, I'm, I'm okay that Gordon's still a little salty about it. Uh, I think, you know, you know, we talk about Jordan, especially this time of time of year and how competitive he was and how much it ate him to lose. You could tell even after, you know, the trophy was handed to Derek Jones Jr., how much it hurt Gordon, you could tell in the post-game press conference that he was not thrilled about it, that he felt like he did everything he needed to do to win and it was taken from him. So, you know, I don't blame that Gordon is still a little angry about it. Obviously, we're all a little bored during the during the, the coronavirus uh, kind of quarantine. Gordon was going to release, kind of, it was, was working on a music project anyway and I think uh, having some time during this quarantine has allowed him to maybe speed those along. It, it sounds like he wants to try and get an album together before the start of next season. And Markel Fultz and Wasawundu apparently have volunteered to to join it, uh, to, 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 to at least lay down some tracks for it as well and contribute to it in some way. Um, you know, I, I'm, all for, I'm all for players pursuing their own, uh, their own pursuits. Um, you know, 20, you know, yes, I think Gordon puts in a ton of work on the basketball court. I don't question that this will, you know, do anything to his basketball work. Um, players are allowed to have interests outside of basketball and, and they've got enough free time. I mean, to, you know, if basketball is their job, if that's their, you know, eight hour a day job, you know, think about the hobbies that you have. Um, if, if this is his hobby, that's fine. I, I'm cool with that. I, I, I have no problem with that. Um, I am not enough of a music guy to tell you whether it's good or not. It's I, musically. Yeah, it's probably a little overproduced, but I again, it's it's not my style. I, I'm not one to tell you that it's good or bad. Um, it's not a song that I would listen to. And and I thought his, his the other the other music video that Gordon released a few weeks ago was a little bit better. Um, but yeah, Gordon's still a little angry, still a little salty. And if this is how he processes it and this is how he gets gets out of it or gets over it, that's fine by me. Um, you know, again, I, I wish I could give you a, a hotter take on this. I wish I could give you um, something a little bit more on on this whole thing, but I just don't care. <laughs> I, I mean, sorry, I, I, I just I I don't really know what to say or how to analyze it, other than to say 
you know, yeah, Aaron's still a little salty about it. And, and you know, releasing a diss track on Dwayne Wade and his frustration that, you know, that he didn't win the dunk contest, that it, it, it did appear. And again, it wasn't just Wade that gave him an eight. There, were, there was a couple other people that, there's one other person that did too. Um, that he was a little salty that, that Wade was the one that seemed to break the pact that would that would prevent the tie, and you know whether that's true or not, you know I I don't know I I, I think that I I, can't, I think that whole dunk contest was weird. I think that I really think that that it was it was handled poorly by everyone. Um, you know I know Candace Parker kind of said that there was an agreement among the judges that they would force a tie, and someone broke that agreement. Whether it was Dwayne Wade, whether it was someone else, I don't know. Um, again, it's a dunk contest. I don't care that much, um, but clearly Aaron does. And, and again, I like again from a basketball perspective, I like that he's competitive, that he's still a little frustrated by defeat, um, and and I like that you know you hope that he channels that grudge in the right way to to improve his game individually. Because again, this is a dunk contest. Who cares? Um, but yeah, if if you're turning to me to find a greater take on Gordon in the dunk contest or Gordon, you know, if you're, if you're turning to me to find a take on this, I really don't have one. I'm sorry. I, I just, I, I don't find this interesting. I mean, if, again, I was kind of purposefully trying to avoid it as much as I could, but so many Magic fans were talking about it that, that I had to at least indulge a little bit. And yeah, it was funny. There's some, there's some cute turns of phrases in, and Gordon's uh, and Gordon's diss track of Wade, but it's all in good fun. I, I I don't think honestly. I think Gordon's frustrated. I think he really is frustrated. I think there's there's something to that. I I think it's. I don't think it's all real necessarily, but but whatever. Um, you know it, it, that that is what it is. Um, but again, to me, what matters is what happens on the court, and. Having this time to kind of sit back and think has, you know, gotten me to think a little bit more about Aaron's game and, and what really worked for him after the All-Star break. So I'm going to put the rest, the diss track, I'm going to put the rest, all of that stuff. Let's talk about Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac and how they ultimately fit together. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Ultimately, what matters for Aaron Gordon and, and, and everything else is what happens on the court. You know, again, I think Dwayne Wade's kind of reaction to being part of this diss track was, you know, get get to work on the court, young young one. I mean, Gordon Gordon can't come at Wade. Wade's got the rings, and and Gordon's still trying to get there, trying to trying to grow up and and trying to really discover his game. And at least one thing that really seemed to 
come to fruition in the 10 games since the All-Star break was Aaron Gordon really started to come into his own. You know, after that All-Star break, after that snub in the slam dunk contest, Gordon was averaging 15.4 points per game, 9.1 rebounds per game, and 6.8 assists per game while shooting 47.7% from the floor, despite shooting worse than 30% from beyond the arc. He was no longer shooting threes at a really high rate. And those numbers, 15-4, maybe not all-star numbers, maybe not everything we imagined Gordon could be, but still pretty darn good. And, and Gordon's turnaround and, and his ability to become a little bit more of a facilitator offensively is a big reason why the Magic became the best offense in the league after the All-Star break. Gordon's whole career has seemingly been uh, trying to figure out how to use Aaron Gordon properly. It's been a lot of trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. It's been a lot of experimenting. It's It's been a lot of kind of aimless direction. Let's, let's be real. First two years, Gordon dealt with injuries his rookie year, dealt with an injury entering his second year. The Magic tried to move him to small forward uh, probably before he was really ready to even attempt it. His third year, they moved him back to power forward, found, found a lot of success, and you know, again, working him closer to the basket is ultimately where Gordon finds his most success. And, you know, he started to develop his jumper and trust his jumper a little bit more. He started inching further away from the basket. And that probably explains a little bit of his decrease in scoring over the last two years. This year, for sure, the Magic really struggled to get him going and really struggled to break free. Some of that having to do, again, with injuries. So just nagging injuries have always kind of kept Gordon from maximizing his potential. But probably around February, things started to turn around for Gordon. And it wasn't the shooting that did it. It was partially how the Magic were using him. And certainly after the All-Star break, the Magic used Gordon much more effectively. A big part of what made Gordon successful is his shooting around the basket and that his shot attempts were mostly coming around the basket. For the season... Gordon has shot 54.5% of his shots from outside of 10 feet. So again, you look at Gordon's struggles, he's working and operating mostly outside of the lane. Since the All-Star break, though, only 42.3% of his shots have come from outside of 10 feet. So essentially, before the, for the entire season, Gordon has mostly worked outside the lane, but after the All-Star break, when he experienced success started to work more inside. A lot of things with me for Gordon, and I think a lot of, uh, I think Gordon's kind of worst impulses is to over-dribble. Uh, we all see that that play where he kind of gets an isolation set and he's just kind of dribbling and probing and disrupting the whole flow of the offense. For the season, according to Second Spectrum, he's averaging 2.88 touch, seconds per touch. So essentially, every time he touches the ball, he holds it for about three seconds. Since the All-Star break, though, he's averaging 1.46 seconds per touch. Now, this is not an end-all, be-all. This, is, this does not necessarily capture everything. But one thing that I know I have said about Gordon consistently is that he works best when he doesn't think that much, when he attacks quickly, when he makes a decision to attack and isn't just simply dribbling and probing. So to go from 2.88 seconds per touch for the season to 1.46 seconds per touch, you know, again, 
That's that's more. That's a, almost a second and a half less. Really think about that. He's holding the ball for a second and a half less after the All Star break. That suggests that he is making quicker decisions, attacking defenses before they can get set, and not bogging down the offense. Reviewing some of Gordon's tape and, and reviewing how he's been making plays, how where these assists are coming from. My conclusion was that two things are affecting Gordon. And these are, I think, the two real big things for unlocking Aaron Gordon and making him a much more effective player. It's about pace, which is, again, something the Magic have talked about all season long. Playing at a faster pace. Not necessarily more possessions, not necessarily more transition, but getting into their offense quicker and moving through it faster. Again, this is where Gordon making quick decisions, not holding the ball too long, you know, really signifies how much the Magic have increased their pace and are playing at a better, more productive pace. The other part to me is also getting Gordon closer to the basket. When you look at how the Magic have used Aaron Gordon since the All-Star break, a big piece of that puzzle is they started situating Gordon closer to the lane, whether in the low block or the mid post. They're using Nikola Vucevic much more as a passer from the high post, using a lot of high-low sets to get Gordon touches in the paint. Gordon is not the best post player. So, you know, I'm not looking to run straight up post-ups for him. But when he is able to cut into the lane, when he gets a cross screen into the lane and can establish deep post position, he's as difficult to handle as anyone else. Again, as as anyone would be. I mean, it doesn't take rocket science. You know, you work closer to the basket, you're more likely to get better shots. But Gordon works so much more effectively on cuts. And when players are cutting off of him. Gordon's passes are not that complicated. He's not, you know, working off the dribble. He's not like a he's not like Markel Fultz, who kind of creates passing angles with his dribbling and his driving. What Gordon is really doing to get these assists are simple plays. Simple, quick, decisive plays. Moving the ball to the next guy as the defense rotates to him. You know, creating the space by in the low post or in the mid post for a guy to cut to the basket like that Terrence Ross dunk against Memphis. These are all the simple things Gordon has done. He's really simplified the game. And so for Gordon, the key to his success is very much how the Magic have used him. It it, it really has always felt this way. He is spending less time around the three-point line shooting three-pointers. He is spending more time in the paint closer to the basket. He's spending more time as a cutter and a slasher, helping him establish deeper post position. And he is moving and, and getting through, getting the ball through quickly, making quicker decisions on his decision to attack or pull it back out or shoot or whatever. All of this adds up to a better version of Aaron Gordon. And as the Magic begin to consider whether that whether he can play alongside Jonathan Isaac when Jonathan Isaac returns, because Isaac needs some of the same things. This will help inform whether Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac can work best together. I think pace and obviously spacing are the absolute keys to a Jonathan Isaac-Aaron Gordon tandem working. Just There's just no other way around it. The Magic need both pace and spacing to make this work. And of course, half the problem is three of your five players that you project to be in the starting lineup are not considered good shooters. Markel Fultz, 
better shooter than I think we anticipated. Not a reliable three-point shooter. Jonathan Isaac, certainly gotten better as a three-point shooter. Shooter has increased his three-point field goal percentage, I believe, in each of his three seasons. But not someone the defenses are, are making sure they cover. Aaron Gordon's obviously dropped below 30% on three-pointers. Or I think he actually just climbed above it um, toward the end of... Uh, end of, or you know, toward the end of of the uh, of the season, toward the hiatus. Um, but again, not a reliable three point shooter. So you're left with the Vucevic, Evan Fournier as your key three point shooters. I do think that it is you know. So no, I, I, honestly, for an Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac duo to work, the Magic need better pace. The pace was terrible at the beginning of the season. That's why I think those lineups struggled. The Magic need better pace. They need to run through their offense quicker and with more intensity. And eventually they will need spacing. The Magic will need one of Aaron Gordon or Jonathan Isaac to become reliable three-point shooters if that lineup is going to have a future. And certainly one of the big questions I think entering this offseason is whether that lineup does have a future and whether the Magic ultimately decide we're going with Isaac, it's time to move Gordon on. You know, even just to flip the roster over a little bit. But again, I do think it's salvageable. I think one thing the Magic need to do, um, which I don't think they did very effectively this year, is split up Gordon and Isaac's minutes a little bit more. Yes, they overlap a little bit. Yes, they need to play together. But you have this advantage, especially with Al Camino when he's healthy, of being able to play multiple big wings who can switch at, at every point of the game. And Isaac and Gordon do a lot of the same things. That there is duplication there, which again probably leads to the inevitability of a trade. Uh, there's no hiding that. But both can be effective kind of in the same role. And I think the Magic can have a starter caliber player anchoring their lineups at all times. Whether you you know take Gordon out early, bring him in with the second unit, which is what really worked last year, which the Magic didn't do a whole lot this year. I think that that is certainly uh, certainly something the Magic can and and should consider. The duo just hasn't really played enough together to make any firm conclusions, especially with the way the Magic were playing after the All-Star break. But for sure, the Magic have found something with Gordon or found something with Gordon as the season entered the highest in the 10 games since the All-Star break. They found something that was effective and that did work. And so, to me, the Magic, whenever they get back, and certainly with if Isaac is back in the lineup too, the Magic need to keep exploiting and using Gordon in this way. And if they do that, they should have the pace to keep him as an effective post player for this team moving forward. Gordon was playing exceptionally well as the league went to a tightest. And it's recapturing that magic and that Aaron Gordon that's going to be the key to his ultimate success. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked On Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked On Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Stitcher, your tune in him like Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places and all the podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. Don't forget to check out the latest episode of Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on his latest episode. He talks to international draft guru 
Fran Fraschilla about the international prospects in the 2020 NBA draft, including Israel's Denny Avdia and Francis Killian Hayes. I know Killian Hayes is someone a lot of Magic fans are interested in. Um, I actually like Avdia a little bit too. I think he's quietly one of my favorite prospects in this draft, although I, I think there are significant flaws with him. Um, but check out what Fran Fraschilla has to say. He knows them a lot better than I do. You can download that podcast at Chad Ford's NBA Big Board. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. For Orlando Magic Daily Locked on Magic, it's been Philip Rossman Wright. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. You are Locked on Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.